Man, I tell you, the world's crazy, but God's not. Amen. World's crazy and running off the tracks, but the Word of God's still true. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, get your Bibles out. I want to give you an encouraging word tonight. Go to the book of Philippians chapter 3. I pray it helps you. Verse 13, 3.13. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself as to apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I keep I I don't want to I don't want to preach on I don't want to preach on like you know events of the world, but then I can't get away from the lunacy that's going on in the world right now and what's what's taking place. And uh and you know how anyway. And so I've just noticed because God is trying to, God's trying to move us as a church. I'm not talking about just us. I'm talking about Christians, real Christians. He's trying to move us into a new light, I believe. I believe we're, we're being forced to pray. I believe we're being forced to get in and read the word of God. We're being forced to find out what truth is. You know, a lot of times people don't do anything in their relationship to Jesus until they're in a bind. And I believe that because we're seeing the world's in a bind, everything's in a bind. You know, it's just it's just crazy. You don't know from one moment to the next what's going to happen in the world. And so I want to share something with you tonight that I think is just going to help you. It's simple. It's a simple, 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 simple message. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like y'all are like me. You have two folders of memories. You have good memories and you have bad memories. Am I right? And so. You know, what's interesting is that this is, just, this is just a true scientific fact, that they say that the most, the most dynamic sense in your body to recall memories is smell. I think that's interesting, that when you smell something, like I have an old Bible that was my grandfather's, and I can open it up, and it still smells like Prince Albert. Uh, pipe tobacco. And when I open that Bible of his and I, I get that little whiff of Prince Albert, I can remember sitting like as a young boy in his lap and he would let me put the, the tobacco in his pipe and I would get that can, that old Prince Albert can and had that little key, you know, and you had to open that thing up and, and the way it smelled. And, and it was a you know, it was a great memory for me because I was in the love and arms of my grandfather and he was a sweet man and, and, and at my grandparents' house. And, and so it's a great memory. And so the sense of smell, if I open up that Bible, it hits me, man. I'm just like right back in his lap as a kid. It's amazing what smell does, okay? And so I was reading this and, uh, I, I, about what Paul was saying. He says, you know, I count, I do not count myself as apprehended one thing. He says, there's one thing I really got hold of. So if I can help you get hold of one thing, because what happens is, is so many times in life, if you have a bad memory, the devil 
that's the general that's truly the generational curse that the devil uses on you and he'll bring that smell through he'll give you a whiff just to get you that day remembering a bad memory because if you remember the bad memory and you get focused on that well then you forget the one thing that you were doing hello and so you got these two files in your head and i was doing some some research and i just left it all alone because i don't know enough about uh, psychology and everything to be a stand up here and tell you all anything. I know what the word of God says. And so I'm just going to stick to it. But it was amazing all the evidence that they're trying to do and things that they're trying to do to teach people like that are having post-traumatic stress disorders and things like that. And these bad memories to, to get them healed. And they're finding that there is things that they can do. And one of the things that they said I read in there is that they're teaching them how to forget the past. And I'm like, ah, didn't Paul say that like 2000 years ago? I mean, why don't we just read the Bible? So I know that God can heal you of your past bad memories. I know that God can get your mind straight. I know that the power of the Holy Spirit is powerful enough in there to do it, to that the devil can't take it and use it against you as a generational curse to bring you down. But you got to do a few things. You can't just be vulnerable. You can't just cry and think it's going to go away. Okay. So Paul says he pressed towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, he said, let as many as are mature have this mind. So Paul's telling us, this is what we need to do. Forget the past, press towards the goal if you're mature. If there's anything that you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. So he's actually saying, look, if you even got a different way of thinking, just keep going this direction and God will reveal it to you. I don't know how many people I've told in life that it's the revelations that God gives you is what you're going to live by. You're going to hear something from me. You say, oh, that was a great message, but will you remember it two days from now? See, I want to tell you something. The message I preached Sunday, the Genesis 17, 1, I'll never forget it. Because to me, that message was a revelation. It was something that leaped, leapt off the page to me about walking with God. I mean, it's like something that got all over me. I'll never forget that message. It's a part of my life. It'll always be there because it was a revelation to me. But then today, someone was asking about the date on a message, and I was going through my notes on messages I've preached, and I pop one up and I look and say, huh, I wonder what that was about. It wasn't the same. Why? Because one of them is, is inspiration, and the other one is revelation, okay? So Paul says, man, if you got this, God will reveal it to you. When God reveals it to you, man, you're free. And then he says, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and be of the same mind. So now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 24, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-four. So let me ask you something. The Apostle Paul, you know, the, 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 this amazing man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that's unbelievable. Do you think he had anything to forget? Just think about this for a minute. Sometimes we read the Bible and we forget what the apostles actually went through to be the men that they were, okay? So I love this, 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, verse 24, puts everything kind of in perspective. Um, it says he's talking about, the Apostle Paul's talking about what was going on in his life. He said, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Now, do you think five times? Think about this. Five times, 40 stripes minus one. Five times he was beaten 39 stripes. Do you think maybe he had some unforgiveness he had to get over? Or he just said, oh, yes, beat me some more. 
My point is, is man, he had a lot. Just, just, just right there, the very first verse it keeps going. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day and have been in the deep in journeys often in perils of, of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils in false brethren, in, in weariness, in toil. Come on, y'all see this. If anybody had something that they had to forgive and forget and maybe had a file of bad memories, look at what Apostle Paul had here. In weariness and toil and sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst and fastings, often in cold and in nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, the deep concern for all the churches. Who's weak? I'm not. Who's made to stumble? I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, well, I boast in the things concerning my infirmities. And the God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. That even in Damascus, the governor under Artisus, the king was guarded by the city of Damascus with the garrison and desired to arrest me, but I was let down with a basket in the window of the wall and escaped from his hand. So how did Paul do it? I mean, look at what was, a, what was done to him. How many people, how many, you know, it's like I said Sunday about uh, John when he went and uh, Datrophes wouldn't let him come preach in church. I mean, that's, those are things that get filed on the bad memory side, right? Besides abuse and things like that. I'm talking about unforgiveness and all these issues. How did Paul do it? Paul right there with what would have happened, he, was just, he could have just been used, sorry, no good for nothing. I'll never go back to your city. Stone man here, I hope the fires of hell burn against you. You know what I mean? He could have just been eaten up with anger and rage. Forget just the bruises and welts on him in life. Scars. This man had to have been beaten to pieces. Then the devil said, yeah, go ahead. Go preach in that city. You want to go over there and preach in that city? They'll beat you over there. And then he didn't go. So he had a secret. He says he, he looked to the future. Now, this may sound crazy. Because when you're looking at the world in as bad a situation as it is right now, and you think that it can't get any crazier and the next day it gets crazier, if you think it's hard to look to the future, but you've got to understand something. The future Paul was looking to was not the future of Jerusalem. It was not the future of the nation of Israel. It was the future of his life in God. He was looking to heaven. And if you want something that will bring some peace in your life right now, Oh, my goodness. Start thinking about what does God have for you on the other side? Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, we know it, familiar scripture to know that he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future. And I hope the future and the hope, man, folks, listen to me, the future and the hope I'm looking for in life is on the other side. It's when Jesus comes back. Like today, there was there was, I don't know if you were looking at the sky, but at first, you know, it was just totally clear there's no clouds in the sky. And I was like, oh, come on, we're going to have some clouds. Jesus could come back and I need a cloud. And then all of a sudden, these really strange clouds moved in. And they were all kind of wispy and like paintbrushes going out like that. And I was like, oh, that's a cool one, Lord. You could come back on that one. And it's not like I'm trying to be an escapist. It's just that I'm looking to the future. I know it's the revelation of knowing what's on the other side, knowing that you're, you're, 
that heaven is real and that, that, that there's another life and it's not just sitting on a cloud playing a harp, it's, it's reality. And when you start grabbing hold of the reality of eternity, it starts changing your life. Because folks, man, I realize my body on here is wearing out, but I know when I, when I man, I'll spend a thousand years in just a millennial reign, I'm not even gonna get any older when I'm with Jesus. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about, you know, why does this hurt? I don't have to have a conversation with the Lord about, Lord, my, you know, my back hurts or my neck's got a crick in it. Or, Hello? Are y'all with me? You got to get this reality of eternity. Because then when you start looking around at all the crazy little things down here, it doesn't really make any difference. That's what Paul did. Okay? He looked to the future. So what I'm telling you tonight is be encouraged Stop watching the news. Stop looking at all the stuff. Stop trying to figure out if there's migrants outside in your yard. Just look to the future. Hello? The future in Jesus. Him coming back. Heaven coming to earth. Everything taking place. Oh, man. Now, maybe I'm a little encouraged right now with that myself because I just happened to be reading through the book of Revelation in my daily reading, and so I'm going through this thing, and I'm looking, I said, Lord, when are you going to break this seal, and what's that going to do, and you're pouring that bowl out, and I don't, show me all this, and I'm just like, but it's just, it's a, it's just a reality to me, that's what Paul did, they're beating him, he's just looking to heaven, saying, oh yeah, these straps are going to get me something good when I get to heaven, if you focus your eyes on this earth, you're always going to be disappointed, you've got to look to heaven, okay, the second thing is that Paul did, go to Isaiah 118, and I know this because if, you know, the Apostle Paul, not even taking into account Acts chapter 9, that he was persecuting the church and killing people in the church and killing Christians and doing all this kind of stuff, that he had a lot of, a lot of things that he could have really let eat him alive. But Isaiah 118 says something here. It says, come now and let us reason together. So the Lord's saying to you, come on, let's, let's reason about this together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Mm. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now, if you're willing and obedient, you'll lead to the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, listen to me. He's saying here, God's saying here, you've got to understand that when you keep everything under the blood, then your sins are as white as snow. A lot of times we have a hard time as Christians understanding this because we, as human beings, don't forgive. We say we forgive, right? We say we forgive. Yeah, we forgive them. I forgive them. I'm not wishing that they were dead today. I didn't believe that, you know, uh, they got run over by a truck. I, I didn't know, Lord, I forgave them. But the truth of the matter is, human beings, we don't forgive. When somebody does you wrong, you just don't want to have anything else to do with them. So we think God's like that. So we try to put God in that and say, oh, God, how could you forgive me? What I did was so bad. But the truth is, he says, any person who's walking with him in the light, having fellowship with God, just what I preach Sunday, right? Walking with God becomes whole and complete. The Apostle Paul had this revelation. He realized that, look, if I look to the future and realize that down here on this earth, I just keep myself under the blood and keep walking in forgiveness, keep walking in repentance, keep walking in fellowship with God, well, then I'm right with him. And if I'm right with him, it doesn't make any difference if I'm not what anybody else thinks. 
folks, it's so, it's so, it's so good to live not in guilt. Hello? It's so good not, not to have to be worried about you might get caught. Right? To just know that you're right. And so you're especially right with God. And if you're right with God, it doesn't really make any difference any other any, anything else. Okay? So Paul looked to the future. He kept everything under the blood. Because, folks, you can't haul Christians to church, I mean, to prison, and kill them, and then become a great apostle preaching love and forgiveness and writing two-thirds of the New Testament. Unless you had received forgiveness yourself, you would have beat yourself up. The generational curse would have been upon Paul, and he never would have been victorious. See, when you look through the Bible, you think it's all easy. But here, here Paul had this great thing to overcome. And then, like, <clears throat> I, was re- I was on Sunday, I was talking about diatrophies. There was something really messed up with this dude because you wouldn't let the Apostle Paul preach in church. Right? So there's something down on the inside of him that make him crazy. Well, he's not walking in victory. He's not walking in peace. He's not walking in joy. He wasn't doing what the Apostle Paul did. Apostle Paul said, I'm going to look to the future. I'm going to keep it under the blood. All right? I have a habit of every day when I get up and I'm talking to the Lord and I'm walking with him, I always say, Lord, listen, you know, if I've messed up somewhere, even though I'm not even aware of it, I mean, forgive me. I'm I'm starting out my day repenting because I know, just like with my wife, I've done something. There's something. I mean, there's no way I have not done something, even if it was in ignorance. Right? So I just start out repenting. That's the way I do it with the Lord every morning. I say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know? I mean, the things that I know, uh, I'm sorry for. But the things even I don't know, I just repent. Lord, I just want to stay in your good grace. I just want to be with you. I want to walk with you. I don't want to have any, I don't want, I don't want to have any ick between us. Okay? So 1 John, let's look at this as the last scripture here. 1 John 1, 1. It says, that which we have from the beginning, which we've heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifest, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifest us that we have seen and we have heard and declared to you that you may also have fellowship with us. For truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Folks, fellowship is what it's all about. But you won't go into fellowship with God if you feel like that you're a sinner. You won't have fellowship with Him. Look, if you think I'm mad at you, you're not going to want to come talk to me. It just makes sense, Right? Well, people don't want to talk to God because they're afraid either God's going to tell them to quit doing something. Again, there's guilt because they don't want to talk to him because he's going to tell them to quit doing something because they already know that that's wrong because they've already been convicted about it, right? Or, you know, they're remembering something from their past that they've never repented of. Don't live, listen to me, church. If you don't hear anything else tonight, listen to this. Don't live in guilt. Don't live in, in self-condemnation. God didn't condemn me when the woman was brought in, in, in uh, the, caught in the very act of adultery. And she was brought in there. Jesus said, we're your condemners. He didn't condemn her who was in the midst of that sin, but he loved her and he healed her, saved her. 
You think Jesus won't do the same for you? You think you're sitting out there right now tonight and you feel guilt and combination for something that you did? That's not of God. Repent. Learn to do what John did right here. Repent. Ask him to forgive you. And then let your sins be washed as white as snow. And then keep on then in that fellowship with him. And folks, that's the way to live. He goes on here. I want to read just a little bit more here. That you may have fellowship with And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So in other words, he's saying when you have fellowship with God, that's when you get full joy. Okay, so check your joy level. And that'll tell you what your fellowship level is. This message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So Paul did these three simple things. He looked to the future. He kept his sin under the blood of Jesus and he walked with God continually in the light, fellowship with him. And those three things is what will keep you in the place you need to be in this craziness that we're in in the world. Look, I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I wish I could tell you it's tomorrow. I don't know. Could be. May not be. It may be 100 years from now. But I want to tell you something. He is coming back. He hadn't left us. He hadn't left us as orphans on this earth. He hasn't left us into, in the hand of wicked men. And I don't know what all is coming in the future, but I know this. Every day I get closer to going home and being with him. Every day I get closer to walking the streets of gold. Every day, folks listen to me, you say, oh, well, how's that going to be? I don't know. Do we get to go swim on the Frio and whatever? Well, man, we'll jump in the river alive. Come on, folks. All I can tell you is I know that if God created it for us, it's great. And that's eternity. And that's where everything's perfect. And that's where everything goes good. And, it, you know, there may be somebody out there watching and says, you know, yeah, preacher, you're just old and gray-headed, you know. And I, no, I hadn't given up. I'm just looking at what I know is good. And I really am sick and tired of unrighteous people. You know, I'm really tired of that. And I'm ready to have King, King Jesus rule because then it'll be righteous and it'll be the right judgment. But, folks, I'm telling you, you're going to be discouraged and you're going to be disappointed if you've got your eyes on this world. You've got to look to eternity. You've got to get yourselves right. You've got to get the junk. Listen to me. You, I don't want to sound harsh here, but listen to me. If you're walking around with unforgiveness in your heart, if you're walking around with guilt in your heart, whatever it be, get it right. Because I want to tell you something. That, that stress and that worry and that anxiety is going to lead you to nothing good. And it's real simple. Just repent. That's all you have to do is be sorry. Not sorry you got caught. <laughs> when I was a kid, there was a lot of times I was just sorry I got caught. Not sorry for what I did. No. I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt my relationship with my Heavenly Father. And when you get a heart like that and you want to live like that, well, then it's easy to repent because you just simply say, Daddy, I messed up. I'm sorry. Why did snow? No guilt, no condemnation. The devil can't attack you. The devil can't pull up the memories from your old file, get it into your heart, and torment you. It's over with. It's done. As far as the east is from the west. So repent. Ask him to forgive you. And then learn to live a life of fellowship with him. Learn what it's like to get up in the morning and start your day out talking to Jesus and talk to him all through the day. Just walk with him. Every decision you make and everything you make. And I want to tell you something, your whole life will begin to change. 
Life will come into you. Darkness won't be there and light will be. And the more you walk with him, the easier it gets. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Put your Bibles up, and if you just stand up, I want to bless you and pray for you. Now, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this word. I just declare it's simple word. It's so simple, Lord. But I declare that people right now, their eyes are open. They start looking to the future, realizing that it's not all about, you know, what we're going to accomplish on this earth. It's about what we're going to do in heaven. And that, Lord, people that are bound in guilt, people that, have, uh, that need to forgive and they need to receive forgiveness from you, Lord, I just pray for them right now that they will repent. That, Lord, not only will they repent, but they will, they will, the, as they repent, it'll, it'll, they'll see themselves white as snow. They'll see their sins gone. They'll feel the lifting of the burden off of their lives. And, Lord, I just praise you that then they're going to begin to walk with you at all times. Because, Lord, that walking with you in the light and the fellowship with you in the light, that's what it's all about. So, Lord, I pray tonight, bless them. Pour your love out upon them. Bless their offerings. Bless their tithes. Bless their businesses, oh God. And help us to navigate through these troubled waters. Help us to see the other side of the shore where we need to be, Lord. Because that's where we want to be is right with you. So bless them tonight, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.